Hello, everyone. This is Angela Montano, and we are gathered for our time of prayer. So just wherever you are, allow yourself to begin to get settled in. Um, maybe you're doing something while you're listening to this call. Maybe you're able to just dedicate this time to this call and you're sitting with your tea as I am or your coffee. So however you are, whatever you're doing, there's no right or wrong. We're just allowing ourselves really to realize we're together and we're together to enter into prayer, to enter into prayer. And I just want to begin with uh, wondering with you. I want us to wonder together, what is that? What happens? when we enter into prayer and how is entering into prayer for me unique how is it unique for you and and how is it that we are having the same experience so we're going to begin by contemplating this i'm going to do the opening prayer we're going to say hello to one another and then i'll take prayer requests so for those of you new to the call. My name is Angela Montano, and I am here to administer prayer and to guide us all in receiving prayer together that we may live in the, I want to say, the true nature. Basically, prayer allows us to live the life we would live if we weren't afraid, if we didn't give our energy to fear. So it's living in the loving. It's allowing love to animate our being. And it is one of my favorite quotes by a monk, Brother Lawrence, said, I live as if only God and I exist. So when we're prayerful, prayer without ceasing, it's a state of consciousness in which we realize that our lives are completely, deeply, totally supported. It's it's living like, it's living in the awareness that the universe, if you will, God, love, love, beauty, the Buddhic mind, Atman presence, Christ consciousness, whatever phrase or word you use, it's a feeling that a power greater than your own thinking has got your back. And that power is never against you and is always and only for you. So it's, it's living in this awareness of loving support, and not just loving support, but loving support that is unfailing. So that's what we're beginning with in our contemplation as we enter into prayer right now. So just focus your attention on your breathing. Just drop any tension, any pressure. Mm. Allow yourself to know you are safe, loved. Everything is in perfect order right now. Even as your mind or my mind goes, but, 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 what about, what about, what about? Just 
letting those fear-based thoughts just go down the river like logs that are floating by. We don't have to jump on those logs, wrestle them to the shore. We just let them go. And let's notice together right now. Notice where you are. Notice your breath right now in this moment. I'm okay. You are okay. Just notice the okayness. You're truly okay. I'm truly okay. And let's just relax ever more fully into this. I'm calling it okayness. Ah, we don't have to be, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? The other shoe's going to drop, this, that, the other. Just imagine everything you would have in a bundle, your, your, your bag of worries. Just imagine tying those up, sailing those down the river with the other logs. And rest with me, rest with me in the okayness. I'm okay. You're okay. You are truly okay. I'm truly okay. Hmm. So as we pay attention to our breathing and we welcome the good news, I'm okay, you're okay, you are, I am truly okay, we're allowing ourselves to relax. And we're relaxing in a state of alertness. So it's relaxed alertness, fully present to the okayness. And I don't mean just, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, I'm, I'm really okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. A, you know, okay. And from here I can lift up my head and maybe I'll open my eyes and just notice what's around you as I notice what's around me. I see my lemon tree, leaves rustling through a beautiful breeze. My house is quiet. My office is quiet right now. I'm noticing I'm sitting crisscross applesauce in my chair. It's beautiful to be present. And this is really where we contact the presence and we deliver our sense of problems to the prayer field to be requalified, to be returned to the nothingness from which they come and to really welcome evermore a kind of grounding in all is well. All is well. And so this is the opening prayer that comes forward for us today. I accept that this call is deeply and powerfully blessed. I claim I am, you are, we are miracle-minded. What is to be said is said. What is to be heard is heard. What is to be released is released, and that which is to be embraced is embraced. Amen, amen, amen.
I was listening uh, this week to a message from a minister. Her name is Claudia Tamburn in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. And she was talking about, you know, sitting and praying and meditating upon what her message would be. And she kept hearing, I love my life. I love my life. And at first she wanted to dismiss it like, oh, with the pandemic and the social unrest and political divisiveness, you know, it felt almost, you know, superficial, Pollyannish to be preaching on, I love my life. You know, or we shouldn't love our life as long as someone's suffering with all this that's going on. You know, we've got to hold our breath until the pandemic is over, until the election is over, until this, until that. And as she listened ever more deeply, what was revealed to her is just how important in the midst of challenge, whatever you perceive the challenge to be, personally, uh, professionally, in your region, in your country, for the world, however, whatever you perceive the challenges to be, this is precisely the time to love your life. Love your life. I uh, attended and attend, well, haven't since the pandemic, and I don't go all the time, but the spiritual center from which I am licensed as a spiritual counselor, the Agape Center for uh, Truth in Los Angeles, where I live, um, the minister, Reverend Michael Beckwith, years ago, he got on this kick. He goes, life is good. Life is good all the time. Life is good. And <clears throat> I, uh, as he started doing this, I, I initially felt quite perturbed and like, you know, I don't think this, you know, bright-siding people with all this positivity is good because people come to church, you know, a lot of times being very motivated by deep pain of one kind or another. And it, it, it's just so grating, so difficult to hear life is good all the time when you're suffering. So often people will internalize internalize that, like, well, what's wrong with me if life is good? And, and I was like, oh, I don't know. But as I listen deeper, I began to understand life, life itself, the breath itself, life force itself is good all the time. And my experience of what I call life may not be good. I may experience my life, what I call my life, as less than, as bad, as troubled, as burdened. I got the raw end of the stick. You know, don't tell me life is good. Let me tell you about my bag of troubles. Remember that bag of burdens? We just tied that up and sent it down the river. So I understood that I wasn't understanding Michael at first. Somehow when he said life is good, I was hearing, well, I'm supposed to believe that about my experience. And I, I began to be able to distinguish life itself, the breath itself, life with no interpretation in and of itself, original, fundamentally, life is good. 
And so I'm offering my experience of life. You're offering your experience of life to the prayer field that it may be renewed and returned to you blessed. Now, all of us would prefer to have a positive interpretation of life rather than a negative one, right? I want to spin the most positive story I can about my life so I feel good. I want to feel good about me and my life, right? That's better than the negative story. And yet, as we grow spiritually, we don't even need to spin stories and interpretations. We enter into this sacred space where we experience life free of thought. We experience life and its goodness. There's really no words for it. So this is what is coming up for us when when we open in this week to be held in prayer by one another as we um, receive prayer. And everyone listening is receiving prayer even now. You know, what we are to be leaning into is, I love my life. I love life. And, and seeing more and more, if we can let go of our interpretations of life. What is life free of my analysis of it? So this is what's bringing, coming forward as we meet today. And I accept that this call is so deeply blessed. And I am grateful to be here with you. Lord, I'm going to go with the phone. Uh, Sausalito, California. Hello. Hi, how are you, Angela? Hi, it's Linda, right? No, Suzanne. Suzanne. Okay, sorry. I recognize no you. No worries. So. No worries. Okay. And you said Suzanne. Yes. Yes, Suzanne. It's fine. Yes. So okay. um, I feel very blessed to be on this call with you. My focus of my prayer is help... Um, with some of my shadow issues, like consciously, I think I'm a basically good person, but I've been doing a deep, deep dive and really saying a lot of issues around lack of integrity and um, lack of kindness, uh, judgmentalness. And um, I think the reality of the blueprint of my life is that there's a lot of ugliness going on and there's this little 10% going so good so far and I'm a nice person, but um, I really grew up in, in a lot of dysfunction, almost like a mafia family ethics. And so I'm grateful that it's coming to my conscious awareness. Um, I've been cleaning out my addictive tendencies in a lot of ways, but it's very much in my face. So I'm very much looking for how do I have compassion and also rigorousness. So, for example, this morning I walked on the beach and there was this beautiful purple urchin and it's at the state beach. And I thought, oh, that's my token for seven days of clean living. And and I knew at a state beach I'm not supposed to take nature things away because other people come to see it. And so I struggled and struggled, but the little kid in me just said, I deserve this and I want it. 
so it's almost a prayer of like, how do I have extreme kindness and not neglect myself and gentleness? Like, how do I truly have a parent instead of all these different parts knocking me around? Mm, yes. So, you know, the first thing I want to say is the ego needs unconsciousness to to survive, to live. And when you behold your shadow, and remember, shadow is always about, it's always fear and it's always survival. So any, uh, what you call lack of integrity, kindness, judgmentalness that you experience in yourself, those are all fear-based survival tactics that made sense at a particular level of consciousness. Now, as you expand in your awareness of who you are as love itself, as the light itself, these um, places that are not in perfect alignment with your true identity which is consciousness. You are consciousness. So these things come up. And often when they come up, oh, I was judgmental, I was unkind, the the egoic structure, that's more fuel for the fire, something for you to feel Mm -hmm. bad about, you Mm -hmm. know? And so it's a choice point. It's a very powerful choice point. How do I recognize that my previous level of integrity or expression of kindness or judgmentalness doesn't quite go with the new space I'm living. It's almost like pieces of furniture in a room that fit before and they just don't go here anymore. Mm -hmm. And how do you let them go without saying, bad couch, bad chair, I can't believe I ever used (laughs) that desk. You know, how do Mm -hmm. you just bow to them you know, the level of integrity, kindness, and judgmentalness I occupied or occupied me was perfect for a particular time. It was what I needed for that time, for that stage of consciousness, and I release it in compassion. If I knew better, I would have done better. This is, you know, part of the... um Oh, bear with me, I'm thinking of the word, but, you know, part of the conditioning of my upbringing, and I am growing out of it, outgrowing it, and I release it with love, you know, humility, for I'll never judge another per- a person who has that level of integrity or judgmentalness or kindness, because I, too, know what that's like, and for people that have even less apparent consciousness of kindness, judgmentalness, and integrity, I can be compassionate and forgiving of them too. So that speaks to your how do I have compassion and rigor. The rigor mm. is not, I'm not going to be that way. That's a bad way to be. It's This just no longer fits. It's like a pair of shoes that just aren't comfortable to walk in anymore. So what do you do when you get to this point where you've been such a good girl for seven days 
You know, remember, that's the ego going, good girl, bad girl, good girl, bad girl. So be be aware of that, okay? Mm-hmm. And and you see this purple urchin, um, which for some reason I don't even know what that is. What is Is it like a seashell or what is it exactly? Yeah, it's one of those beautiful um, circular things that is totally symmetrical, and I only took a dead one. I actually picked one up, and I thought it was dead. Okay. I could feel it moving, so... Okay, I didn't sorry. kill any so, life. Okay, okay. So you see, like, this shell, and it's beautiful, and you want it as a token for your um, experience. But then you're like, oh, my God, but the rules are you don't pick this up, right? And I'm trying to be this super good person. What do you do in that moment? So this is a beautiful moment. It's It's actually a moment not to try to be good because the more you try to be good, the more being bad becomes appealing. You want to bring as much tender, loving care and presence to, and consciousness to that moment as possible. And your little girl needed to hold and take that purple urchin. And you just want to be as completely aware as possible in this process. Because remember, awareness is love. It's only the divided mind, as as um, Meister Eckhart said, that creates a pair of opposites between the ideal and the actual. So the ideal is you take nothing, you leave the beach, and you're exemplary, right? Less than ideal is you take the living urchin, a little better is you take the dead one. You know, it's all these, you know, <laughs> it's on a scale of, you know, bad, not so bad. You know, good, very good, excellent. You know, you're you're measuring yourself. You just bring appreciation and awareness. And you love that little girl. You love the urchin. And maybe as you shared a little bit more of that moment with you, you go, wow, you know, my little girl has gotten to the point that she didn't take the living one. She's aware of that life. And she took this one. And the more awareness you bring, you're bringing love to that moment. So you might take the urchin and take it home and it reminds you of compassion and humility and it's a beautiful thing for the rest of your life. Now, what's interesting is the more awareness you bring to something, the more anything can happen. You might carry it a little ways and then set it down again. You may... You know, I don't know. You know, you may just look at it or take a picture of it. Like, as you bring more awareness to it, more creativity flows through you and different choices occur. This is reminding me of years ago when Eckhart Tolle wrote his book, The Power of Now. Oprah Winfrey did a course with him for her audience, uh, online, an online course, and someone asked the question, he goes, I'm getting better and better at having more and more consciousness, I'm I'm doing various spiritual practices, and one of my intentions is to eat more healthfully, but every single day I get off from work and I go through the drive through at Arby's, I get this gigantic thing of fries, big soda, and big fries, this is, I'm trying to move out of this kind of food to another kind, but I I don't do it. I just can't make myself change. How do I change? And and Eckhart says, don't even try to change. You know, when you put your 
you know, when you eat that hamburger or eat those fries, just do it with the most awareness you can. And maybe you'll eat three-quarters of the hamburger. Or maybe you'll leave a few fries. But the more awareness you bring to the moment, it, of course, corrects you, but not out of judgment. It just happens out of love. And so maybe his consciousness is the perfect consciousness to eat those fries, that hamburger, and that soda. And it's all an alchemical process done in love. Or maybe he's that vibrational frequency of that food isn't in alignment with his and it's shifting. Maybe he brings consciousness to that food. I don't know. But awareness will always guide you. So you lean into it and you let go. Mm. You know, Rumi said, as you probably have heard the quote, beyond right doing and wrongdoing, there is a field. I will meet you there. But what we're saying is a tremendous terrifying thing because I'm saying, you know, the ego has all these rules, right and wrong, right and wrong, you know, stay in line, get in line. And it's very scary to think of what's beyond the rules, especially when you speak of letting go of addictive behaviors. You know, these are the behaviors I can trust myself with. These are the behaviors I can't. Right, and, and it's like we don't want to mess with our rules. But the rules for sobriety, those are like holy guidelines to be followed in deep humility because you've already discovered what works. And, and we pray for the uh, constant day-to-day honoring of that. But there's a, and so I'm not talking about that kind of rules. I'm talking about the rules in your mind that would judge yourself, right, wrong, good, bad. Those, to live by them, only exaggerates and grows bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. The counsel that Eckhart Tolle is giving, it transcends that. It's just saying bring more love to the moment, bring more compassion to the moment, bring more kindness to the moment towards yourself and see what happens. And just start with really little things. So thoughts, feelings, feedback. I know I said a mouthful and I want to know what you heard. And uh, I am filled with gratitude that I just am amazed how beautifully you you gave me the perfect response for what I'm needing, Angela. And it's such a gift yeah. and glory to, to be here and be able to bring bring myself and bring awareness and get such wise counsel. So my heart's just blossoming with gratitude. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so grateful. So let us let us pray right now for Suzanne and I I just know all of us on this call, all of us listening to the replay, you know, we're connecting to Suzanne's intentionality, to her, you know, to her path. I certainly relate to it. I've been in moments such as this and And we are all kind, you know, we are all being guided to to transcend, am I good or am I bad? And just bring love, bring love, bring love, bring love. I remember a time in my life where I had very little money and I bought something at TJ Maxx. 
and when they were ringing it up, I had bought two items, and they rang it up as one, so I got one for free, and I just stood there not correcting the person and mm. feeling all these mixed feelings leaving, like, did I just steal from a store? You know, oh, isn't this a gift from the universe? Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it good? Is it bad? This is a kind of moments of confusion that is <laughs> so universal in humanity. And we're bringing prayer to those moments for Suzanne, for me, for you. And and what we're offering to the prayer field is the whole enchilada, just this whole am I good, am I bad. We're, 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 we're offering that whole apparatus to the prayer field. And we're, we're trading that in for I am. I am. I am consciousness. I am compassion. I am kindness. And we're allowing the consciousness of I am to animate our beings, to guide us. We're leaning into the wise mysticism of Rumi. Beyond right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I will meet you there. We're trusting an integrity within us that is ever expanding. We're giving up on Suzanne's behalf all blame of shoulda, coulda, woulda, all judgment of how I was or how I should be, how I'm going to be. And we're just, I am. And I know I am where I am, compassion and forgiveness, kindness, integrity, I just welcome, I welcome, I welcome on Suzanne's behalf, non-judgmental, loving, patient attention. And I want all of us to be present to those words for Suzanne. We're knowing where Suzanne is, there's non-judgmental, loving, patient attention. Now I want everyone to hold, to, to be available to that for themselves where you are non-judgmental patient compassionate loving attention where I am non-judgmental loving compassionate patient attention maybe you can offer that to me But it's harder for me to offer it to me. Maybe I can offer it to Suzanne. to Suzanne. It's harder for her to offer it to her. Maybe it's difficult for you to offer it to yourself, but easier for you to offer it to another. Let's offer this to one another. And maybe what you can do for me will help me, and what I can do for you in prayer will help you. That's how prayer works. We've got each other's back. So we're saying yes to our whole prayer tribe, non-judgmental, loving, compassionate, patient attention is the order of the day. It's not something you're supposed to, okay, now do this, do this this week. It's not, uh-uh, uh-uh, not something you do. It's something you and I together are humbly receptive to allowing. I'm allowing. I'm not author of this attention in my limited egoic structure that I am already this attention in who and what and how I am as an emanation of consciousness, as an emanation of love beauty, as an emanation of God. 
So I'm grateful. I feel the completion of this prayer, the completeness of it. This is established in the prayer field for Suzanne, for you, for me. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. (laughs) Love you. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm, So I'm so grateful that we might truly allow the deeper awareness of love, patience, compassionate, non-judgmental attention where we are. So I'm moving to the prayer calls now. And uh, Audrey, uh, I have a 33-year-old son, Aaron, who is needing open-heart surgery this year to repair or replace a heart valve. The specialist hoping he can repair the existing valve. I would appreciate prayer for healing and peace for my son and his family. Thank you. Ah, so what an honor it is for all of us to be called to attention, to be called to prayer. What a difference we can make through prayer. What a difference we can make right now for Audrey, for her son, Aaron. Let us place our loving, compassionate, patient, non-judgmental attention right where Audrey is. And we begin our prayer for Audrey knowing that where Audrey is, God is. Where Audrey is, consciousness is. Where Audrey is, faith is. Where Audrey is, wholeness is. And I accept that Audrey is wholeness, that Audrey is love, that where there is love, where there is wholeness, there is no fear, no doubt, no worry in her true spiritual nature. So I am witnessing on behalf of Audrey, the faith that already is alive within her. That even before she wrote this prayer request, she was already aware of the fulfillment of all as well. And so I am, I feel in some sense this prayer for you, Audrey, is like a reminder you already know all as well. Faith beyond human understanding is yours already. So this prayer tribe, this prayer call, this moment in prayer is inviting you into your peace beyond human understanding. It's inviting you into your faith. I speak this word of gratitude for the extraordinary surgery that is available to repair or replace this heart valve. That whatever right action is, whether it's the replacing or the repairing, it's already done in God. It already exists. So I am knowing that Aaron is already deeply blessed, deeply healed, deeply receptive to this perfect divine right healing. I bless his heart. I bless this heart valve. I bless the consciousness back of it that is calling forth all it needs for absolute, divine, perfect functioning. And I'm knowing it is done in God. I include in this prayer Aaron's family, knowing peace and wellness and love unfolding in through and as the whole family. Let us say thank you. And so it is. Amen. 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 
Dear Angela, when my son was young, this is from Barbara, if I got really triggered, I would slap him, something both my parents did to me. We are talking more than 25 years ago, but I still feel guilty and am unable to release it. You have a wonderful way of putting things into a new perspective. Can you help me with this? Thank you. I listen every week. Much love. Oh, Barbara. Oh, just know you speak for so many as you see what you did and think, oh, how could I have done that? I should have done better. And what I want you to know, and I want me to know this, and I want everyone to know this, who is a parent, who is a sister, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, a neighbor, a friend. So that's all of us. Anyone in any kind of relationship. It's so important for us to get what I'm about to say. Everything I did that was harmful, I did unconsciously. You know, we have various unconscious patterns that egoically we associate with winning versus losing, with doing right rather than doing wrong. You know, so often the intent back of something like what you say to slap your son, the intent was to make him behave, make him be who and how he wanted to be or who and how you wanted him to be. You know, you were training your child to get with what needed to be so he knows how the world works and, and you're teaching him a lesson, good behavior versus bad behavior. This is a dualistic field, thinking, and it's as painful for the one as you see holding on to this guilt for you as it was for your son. And your son may have completely forgotten it by now or not. You may have built a story around. That forgiveness, forgiveness is the answer for everything I've ever done out of fear. And I've done a lot of things out of fear. And I don't know what I'll do today out of fear. <laughs> so I have to be that much more humble. I intend to know who I am as love. But for whatever aspect that falls asleep, in my mind-body-spirit system, I have to immediately, instantly be forgiving. And if you can forgive yourself for this and realize that you are guiltless, you are innocent, you free yourself. And this is about freeing yourself from punishment. Whenever you slapped him when you were triggered, I don't know if it was one time, 20 times, 50 times, 100 times, but you are not slapping your son right now. And yet, in your mind, you are. You're still slapping your son. And you're still hating yourself for it. You're carrying this transgression forward. And it's time to stop. Stop being the one who should have done better. And you have to have compassion for the woman you were all those decades ago.
And, you know, I don't know if this will sound like an excuse, but I really, really get very deeply you were doing your best. You were doing your best. In that moment, at that time, you were the woman who didn't see another option. You didn't see another option. Now, you can speak to your son and say, I did this and I'm sorry. I mean, uh, making amends can be very healing, very healing. So maybe you've done that, maybe you haven't, but that's something that you can do. And for you, it really is about forgiveness. So sometimes on the call, I will have us do the Buddhist prayer of forgiveness, which I like a lot. And I'm going to ask you in the silence of your own home to do this prayer with me right now and repeat after me. You will only hear my voice speaking it twice, but just the second time I speak it, speak it with me. If I have harmed anyone in any way through my own confusion, if I have harmed anyone in any way through my own confusion, either knowingly or unknowingly, either knowingly or unknowingly, I ask their forgiveness. I ask their forgiveness. If anyone has harmed me in any way, knowingly or unknowingly, if anyone has harmed me in any way, knowingly or unknowingly, through their own confusions, through their own confusions, I forgive them. I forgive them. If there is a situation I'm not ready yet to forgive, if there is a situation I am not yet ready to forgive, I forgive myself for that. I forgive myself for that. For all the ways I harm myself, for all the ways I harm myself. Be unkind, be unkind. Judge myself, judge myself. Belittle myself, belittle myself. Through my own confusion, through my own confusion, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. So what an honor it is to have this moment for each of us to breathe. To place our loving, non-judgmental, patient, compassionate attention upon Barbara. And to really honor that this is a day that she may free herself from punishing herself through guilt. We honor on behalf of Barbara that the past is left in the past. The past is no longer occurring. And in God, the past does not even exist. Only love is here. Only love is here. I'm knowing for Barbara, it's time to let go, to no longer drag herself through the desert repenting for her sins, but to stand up and honor 
for humanity in kind, loving, forgiving, compassionate, and brave. And to know that we are all, along with Barbara, human. And I offer this prayer to Barbara and for all of us who need this prayer to release regret. To release the weight of regret. The heaviness of regret. The drag of regret. This is a new day. And I call Barbara into the love of self-acceptance, self-forgiveness, self-appreciation, and peace. For this and so much more, I am grateful and thankful. I release this word. I let go. I let God. And so it is. Amen. 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 And Jennifer writes in, Hi, Angela. I just realized your name means angel, and that you sure are. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for the peace and comfort and strength you offer us access to here. My 87-year-old father passed away a month ago. He died peacefully at home, which is a true blessing. I miss him so much. I would love a prayer to support me and anyone else who is grieving the passing of a loved one. Thank you, Jennifer, for your beautiful, beautiful note from Nova Scotia, and I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to honor your beautiful father who passed peacefully a month ago and to affirm his true nature is birthless and deathless as is yours. And as your expression and his are in some way we might say differentiated in terms of the dimension in which you're occurring and he is, and yet in love you are Eternally united, eternally, the love that you are and the love that he is is flowing. And so as you miss him, I really, what I hear is I love him. I mean, probably if I ask you, should he be here right now? Is it true? You might go, no. You might go, you know, I think he did make his transition into the greater yet to be in the right time and place. Maybe you wouldn't say that. I don't know. I I obviously don't know. It's possible. So if we think of this idea of missing someone, it's literally they should be here. We might realize they are here. They are here. They are here in my memory. They're here in my heart. They're here in my in my knowingness of them, it, it's often when someone passes, it's almost like they're just in another room, and yet they're here. So I'm simultaneously claiming for you a deep, deep support as you grieve the loss of your father on one level, honoring his passing. At another level, I'm honoring your capacity 
to welcome the love that never dies, that is eternally blessing you in the beautiful love relation you experienced with your father. I see this relationship still happening and blessing you. And I welcome this awareness. I say thank you for this and so much more. I let go. I let God. And so it is. Amen. 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 I have a good friend out here in Los Angeles named Kate. And her father was a writer in Hollywood. He did some just amazing things as a television writer. And his parents died when he was a relatively young man. And uh, he used to talk to them in the car, she said, all the time. He said, I don't know if he did it in front of people, but he said, you know, going to work, coming back, this is funny. And he somehow was able to stay in a relationship. So I, I think more of us would really benefit from that kind of opening, that that connection might be more there than we let ourselves have. You know, my mother passed away over a decade ago, and you know, I wonder how much more I could be in communication and connection with her than I let myself be. So I, I welcome that for myself, for you, for those who it feels like it would be of, of support. And Chris writes in from Ashland. I love Ashland, Oregon. Dear Angela, I just signed up for your 21 days of prayer course through daily. Oh, I love your work. Thank you, Chris. Well, Chris, I'm so glad you found your way to this call. It happens every Monday. And um, <clears throat> I'm so grateful you're in that course. And I've had a slew of people do that course just in the past uh, week or two. More than a 1,000 people have signed up for that course. I think maybe even almost 2,000. So welcome, welcome. And I'm glad you are here. And uh, just join our prayer tribe. And blessings on your 21-day journey. And for anybody who doesn't know that course, dailyom.com, 21 Days of Prayer to Change Your Life. It's where I teach prayer practices. And uh, I really, really am proud of that course and love it. And um, The more people we have doing these prayers, the better off we are, I think. Oh, Jennifer writes in, thank you very, very much, Angela. That was very beautiful, potent prayer. I deeply appreciate it. I feel much peace and also the love that is beautiful. I'm grateful. And anybody, after I pray, if you want to write back in afterwards, you know, it helps me communicate with you if you're writing your prayers in. Ah. So, Jean from Woodacre, I'm not sure where that is, as I always do selected broadcast, says the, um, okay, okay, everything worked out, okay, all right, that's Jennifer, okay, it looks like something wasn't working out technically, but now it is, and she says, so now we're probably all praying, uh, may you find, uh, might all be in terrific health. <clears throat> and, okay. All right. He says, don't worry about us, Angela. Deep breath. Okay, good, good. Beautiful. Yeah, it's weird, you know, with these kind of technologies, um, 
you know, I hope it's all working for everyone, and sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. So, ah, again, star two for anybody who wants to raise their hand to speak up and a prayer request. I'm starting to get hands coming up. I'm letting my computer screen adjust. I'm going to do one more via the um, written prayer request. Lisa, blessings, Angela, to you and all that are listening. I love this prayer time, even though most of the time I listen to the replay. It's awesome. I want to ask everyone to pray for my dear friend and former school principal who's now retired. Her name is Nancy. I love the name Nancy. And she has been treating her pancreatic cancer since January. She has great care. There's reason for good hope for good prognosis. And... um I just want prayer power to the doctor's medicine. Uh, I think prayer makes it all stronger. Um, I'm I'm proud of myself for speaking up for a second, uh, helping for prayer, LOL. But I, I also want to encourage others as well as myself that in this time where a lot of us are having anxiety and depression, that it's okay if we take medicine, that it doesn't mean we fail. So I'm just encouraging all my fellow anxiety, depression sufferers to take care of yourself. Oh, that's, you know, it's okay. Yes, no shame in taking medicine. And, yes, thank you, Angela, for the extra paragraph of prayer request. Oh, Lisa, I so appreciate your prayer. And I I have this with my one-on-one clients a lot, just, you know, the universe is giving, and there's all kinds of ways we are supported. And there's magnificent uh, help in all kinds of ways. And one isn't good and one isn't bad. And I just so appreciate your your good word. Let yourself off the hook and let yourself help yourself in whatever way help comes. Be it a pill, be it a nap in the middle of the day, be it leaving the dirty dishes in the sink, be it doing the dirty shit dishes like like, I love this idea of trust the voice of love to guide you to that which supports your peace, your joy, your happiness. The beautiful wisdom, Lisa. Thank you. And at the same time, we appreciate Lisa's wisdom. We are also blessing her beloved friend, Nancy. And we're just placing our attention right where her pancreas is. We're paying attention to the consciousness back of the DNA that animates her pancreas. And we're just affirming magnificent wholeness, health, vitality, vigor, well-being. We're not trying to fix a condition while we pray. We're just honoring that consciousness free of all conditioned thinking, all conditioning. We're knowing wholeness, wellness, well-being. I'm just so deeply grateful to honor Nancy and her journey. Wellness, health, peace, vitality. We're blessing Nancy's doctors. We're blessing the medicine of the doctors. We're noticing all the people who have healed from pancreatic cancer. And that number is actually growing. It's growing. It's expanding. And we are seeing Nancy among those. 
whose experience of cancer is in the rearview mirror. And we're seeing love, light, wholeness, health, vitality happening now and before Nancy. I say thank you, dear God, for this and so much. Thank you, thank you. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. So I can't believe it's already 10.58. Time for us to pray out for anyone on the call that I uh, did not get to know that where you are, divine love beauty is. Whatever your request is, it is delivered into the prayer field. Whatever your offering to the call is, it is already received in the stillness and in the silence of this now moment. So let us pray. I claim I am, you are, we are emboldened through the power of prayer to love our life, to really love the life we live, to lean forward into the loving and let the love animate our being in the awareness of our innocence, in the awareness of our true nature. I claim for each and every one of us a sense of being so powerfully supported, that we're supported by love beyond our human understanding, so much so that fear has already dissipated into the nothingness from which it comes, and we live into, oh my God, I'm okay, I'm truly okay. All is well, all shall be well, all manner of things shall be well. I claim I am, you are, we are the holders of the light ever increasing and expanding in peace and joy. I claim you take this prayer personally. It's for you. I claim I take it personally. It's for me. I claim we offer it to all those on our call with us. We say yes, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I'm unmuting our call. I forgot to do it in the beginning. I'm going to do it now so we can all just say amen, hello, blessings, have a great week. One, two, three, we are all unmuted. Thank you. Have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful week. Thank you all so much. Uh, 10 a.m. next Monday, Pacific Standard Time. I welcome you.